I do not permit women to teach nor usurp authority. That's Kira, and she's building a collection of pictures of cats in her office. They're all so good. <laughs> They're beautiful. My vision board. <laughs> it's just cats. <laughs> and that's Alexandria, and it takes her two hours start to finish to do her hair. But the caveat is that she only has to do this like every five to seven days. Natural curly hair, while beautiful, is incredibly high maintenance, <laughs> which is why for three days it's really pretty. And then for three days, it's in the exact same ponytail. Because <laughs> I can't do that all the time. That's what you got to do. Hey, guys, and welcome to another episode of Overreaction, where we share our knowledge and react to different topics every week. Today, we are going to talk about evidence collection kits, commonly known as rape kits. So I think it can kind of be expected, but um, we are going to be talking about sexual assault, sexual violence. So um, this is a trigger warning. Take care of yourselves. Um, Know that that's coming. It is still Sexual Assault Awareness Month. That's the whole month of April. Um, If this has happened to something, happened to you or someone you know, um, the hotline is 1-800-656-4673. That's 1-800-656-HOPE. So we just wanted to quickly like address what makes us qualified <laughs> to talk about this. Um, but both of us are advocates for um, survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. So we go through 64 hours of training um, to kind of prepare us for trauma-informed care with the survivors that we work with. Um, and part of our job requires us to... Um, respond to hospitals if someone has shown up at an emergency room having disclosed sexual assault and is there for treatment, follow-up, or um, to have an evidence collection kit done. So both of us have seen, I, I don't even know Dozens. how many, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of evidence collection kits done. Um, every experience of those looks different, but like we we're in the room where it happens. <laughs> sure are. And it can be a scary process. So we're going to outline what it looks like, why it's important. Um, but first, we're going to start with why we call it an evidence collection kit. So these get called rape kits a lot on like TV shows and in like normal life. That's what I think I hear them called usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of makes it sound like it's only for like rape has a really specific imagery around it yes a specific legal definition and then a specific way that people think about it and to have evidence collection done um obviously there would have been a sexual assault but not all sexual assaults look the same not all Mm -hmm. of them are going to have had penetration or physical violence involved um so it doesn't have to be a rape kit makes it sound like the violence has to have looked a certain way and that's not accurate and the purpose of it is to collect evidence. So that's why we call it an evidence collection kit. Exactly. So um, we're kind of going to go over what's in this kit, um, what can be collected, what it can be used for. So I think something that when I think about this that I laugh at is like, I hear the word kit and I'm like, ooh, like it's a fun little caboodle and you take out uh-huh. all the pieces and then it's, it's like a craft. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. It comes in like a really nondescript, the ones in the counties we work in come mm-hmm. in really nondescript white boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, you open them up. Yeah. But like in the box is not just like, ooh, a whole bunch of little like fun tools. 
<laughs> it's a box of envelopes. And yep. each of those envelopes, at least in the counties that we work in, say like step one, step two. But like you don't have to do them in order. It's just right. each is a step of the evidence collection process that can be done if it's necessary for that person's story. Mm-hmm. So like those envelopes might have swabs in them. Like, I guess we can kind of go on to like what's what exactly is in it. But yeah, it's a bunch of consent forms, mm-hmm. a, bu- a lot of envelopes that are all labeled. It's literally all envelopes. <laughs> <with things in. laughs> and then in the envelopes, there are little like flattened out boxes and swabs that just look mm-hmm. like really long Q-tips. One-sided Q-tips. Yep. Yep. And so they'll use those to swab different things, build the box, put it inside the box. Ideally, they're going to let the swabs dry first. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to put the swabs inside the box, label the box, put it inside the envelope, seal the envelope, label the envelope. Mm -hmm. Um, What else is in there? I'm just going to go head to toe. Great. So they have in there a comb and like a little napkin thing that you can comb out hair. Um, sometimes there might be like debris in here, say that there mm-hmm. was an assault that happened like outdoors. You, they might collect debris there. Right. Um, again, if it matches the survivor's story, they aren't just doing these invasive things if they don't need to. But so the first thing they're usually do, so they'll explain the kit, do mm-hmm. the consent forms. And then the first thing they do is have the survivor tell the story in yep. specific detail from start to finish. The nurse Usually in our counties, we're really lucky. We have sexual assault nurse examiners. They're specially trained in evidence collection and also in testifying. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to go to the hospital and have this done by a professional so that it's done the right way. And you have like the survivor has someone to then testify that like, yes, this was done this way. Yes, this is what they said. Yes, this is the state of mind that they were in. So they can comb the hair. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have swabs for... Um, like the cheek. So if there's been any sort of like oral penetration, oral pe- that's the word that I couldn't think of. They can swab kissing. their kissing. Yep. Um, they have swabs that they can like swab if you were licked or bitten or um, had a part of your body sucked on, like they can swab around those areas. To and that see. can be literally anywhere, your face, literally your anywhere. neck. Yep. I've seen nipples swabbed. I've mm-hmm. seen butt cheeks swabbed (laughs) when they decide where they're swabbing it's partly the story and what details the survivor shared and then they also have like a black light Mm -hmm. and they'll like turn everything off it's not exactly a black light but it'll make every make bodily fluids fluoresce yes and then (laughs) that stuff can get swabbed sure um there's a thing where there's like a sheet that they lay down so if you're wearing the same clothes that you were during the assault, um, you can like stand over that sheet, take off the parts um, of your, take off your clothing, um, and then that would be given into evidence. But they also have that sheet so that if any like debris or hair or anything like that mm-hmm. falls off, it goes on the sheet. That paper sheet gets folded up specially so that they can send that off to the lab too. Um, but then there are swabs, um, vaginal swabs, anal swabs swabs for the penis um what am i missing is that i it? think that's it. i think that's it it's just a lot of swabs <laughs> oh they do have the little um wooden like for the fingernails 
Yeah. Like they look like the same type of thing that you would like use to push your cuticles back in a manicure kit. Um, But those are usually used to scrape underneath the fingernails. And there's a different one for each hand. Mm -hmm. They can also clip the fingernails. So that Mm -hmm. way, if there's like somebody scratched the perpetrator, they can get the DNA off of that. So basically, they're just looking for somebody else's DNA wherever Mm -hmm. it could be on the survivor's body. Mm -hmm. There's also... Last thing that I can think of is um, they have to get, like, your DNA mm-hmm. if you're the survivor so that they can be like, we found DNA. Oh, uh-huh. wait, it's the person that we got. <laughs> yep. So um, sometimes they might take, like, a blood sample or they can do a buccal buckle, buckle. buckle swab from your cheek if there was no sort of contact with the perpetrator orally. Yeah. I, I usually see them do both. So there's mm-hmm. the little, like... You get like your finger pricked, pricked, and then you put it on the like five little circles. Mm -hmm. Um, And then usually I also see them do a buckle swab. Yeah. um, Just to have everything that the lab could possibly need. They're very thorough. Mm -hmm. Um, Once the seal on the kit is broken, it has to stay with the nurse. It has to be in her sight at all times. Um, so I've seen nurses like carry these around with them, pack everything back up. (laughs) Um, but it's got to stay with them. That's part of the reason that advocates then go, because if somebody needs some water or another nurse needs to come in for something like I can go, cause I don't need to take a whole, (laughs) a whole like cart of stuff with me. I will be your messenger. (laughs) Uh huh. Um, they also have cameras that they will use. Um, if there's like physical, if there's visible evidence of a physical injury, Mm -hmm. um, they also have like this blue dye that they can put on a survivor's vulva to like show any really small tears. Yeah. It like absorbs into the tissue where there would be like a tear or something Mm -hmm. like that. So that shows up more in pictures. So when all this is being done, they tell their story first. The nurse then goes through it and is like, this is what it would make sense for us to do. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with all of that? Mm-hmm. You do not have to say yes. Yeah. You can say yes to external swabs and no internal swabs. Mm-hmm. You can say yes to all of the swabs, no pictures. Yep. It's what you're comfortable with every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where they they collect the evidence so that they have it. Mm-hmm. But it's your choice if you don't want that release to law enforcement, if you need some time to make up your mind as to whether or not you want that release to law enforcement, they will hold it for a certain period of time. I think it's different in every state. So law enforcement is picking it up no matter what. Yeah. They're going to put it in a storage locker. Um but that doesn't mean it's going to be tested. That doesn't mean there's a police report yeah. and it can be given to them anonymously with just a serial number that is attached to your name, but only like in your hospital record. Mm-hmm. So like you would have to go and in order to get access to that particular hospital record because of the nature of the visit, you have to go in person with a photo ID in order to even mm-hmm. get it. So that information's not going anywhere. You don't have to do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And usually they try to keep it to only what would be helpful. Like mm-hmm. if there was no sort of anal penetration, they aren't going to do an anal swap. Right. Because that's incredibly invasive after an incredibly in- invasive and traumatic thing. Like mm-hmm. the purpose of having sexual assault nurse examiners and people specifically trained in this process is to not re-traumatize the survivor right. as 
much as absolute possible. Having your body be a crime scene sucks. Mm -hmm. It's rough. So to have people who are specially trained in talking to people who've just experienced a trauma and people who are going to do this the right way so that you're not experiencing all this trauma. And then six months later, it comes back from the lab and you go to court and all of it's inadmissible because the chain of custody was broken, mm-hmm. um, which is a quick PSA recently and within the last couple of years there's been some publicity around like me too kits or preserve kits or the two like company brands that i can think of um but they're basically like do it yourself evidence collection kits don't no, do it yourself. don't do it don't do it yourself that breaks the chain of command it's not gonna chain be of custody. a chain of custody yes not gonna be an admissible go to a hospital Nurses are really kind. If you're not vibing with the nurse, ask for a different one. You can have an advocate there. You cannot have an advocate there. Mm -hmm. You can bring a friend. You can bring a family member. They don't want to like fill a hospital room while they do evidence collection because like it's not ideal. It's a lot of bodies. (laughs) It's not great if like an advocate's hair ends up (laughs) in an evidence collection kit. Um that like that's not going to be helpful mm-hmm. it's just a random person's dna yeah. um but you can bring a support person Absolutely. and you can ask for them to stay in the room yep so alexandria will an evidence collection kit tell me if i was sexually assaulted it will not it's not making any determination on what happened it's just collecting evidence Mm-hmm. Any type of, well, first of all, if you are coming into a hospital and saying you were sexually assaulted, I 100% believe you. Absolutely. Um, the nurse should believe you. The cops should believe you. Um, that's the goal of the Start by Believing movement. Look it up. Mm-hmm. So your story is yours, but the evidence collection is specifically just to have the evidence. Any type of investigation is going to be done by the police mm-hmm. and the evidence would be used in court later mm-hmm. on. So something that I've seen is with survivors of usually like drug facilitated sexual assault, they might mm-hmm. just have a major gap in their memory and wake up and be like, I'm feeling vaginal pain or something. Mm-hmm. So they go to the hospital, have an evidence collection kit done. And they're like, I just want to know if I was raped. That's, it's not going to tell you that it might tell you that there's, they found DNA in mm-hmm. the vagina or in the anus, something like that. It also might not find those things because condoms can be worn. Fluids might not be exchanged. Mm-hmm. And so, like, your experience is your experience. Your body knows you can trust yourself, but it's not like a... It's not like there's not a result. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to get a yes or no. (laughs) There's no cute little lines at the end. Like it's not, it's not going to tell you definitively what happened. It can just tell you what DNA is there. And Mm -hmm. sometimes not even that DNA testing is getting really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes it's still not, it's not totally like accurate. It's not going to pick up everything. Yeah. Uh, So do I have to talk to the police? You do not. You can. The police are going to be called. Mm -hmm. The nurse is required to call when there's a gunshot wound or um, a serious stab wound or a sexual assault. The police have to be called to the hospital. But if you want if you don't want to talk to the police, the police will be called to the hospital and they'll be told like they'll wait in the hallway. Yeah. 
or, or and probably be told something anonymously, like twenty-seven-year-old mm-hmm. male sexual assault victim from Blank Town, mm-hmm. and so they're not given information. They can be told to leave and come back to pick up the evidence collection kit later. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're not given your name. They're not given information about you. It's really vague. Um, if you don't sign the consent form to have the police get your information, they're not going to get your information. Mm-hmm. And you do not have to talk to them. Absolutely. You don't have to see them. Yeah. And Alexandria, I showered after the assault. So there's no point in me going to the hospital, right? First of all, it's super common to do things like shower or wash your clothes or want to feel clean after mm-hmm. something like a sexual assault. I want to stress that you are not dirty. You have done nothing wrong. And it's okay if you did those things. Mm-hmm. There is still evidence that could be collected in Illinois. It's up to five days, right? No, up to seven. Up to seven days. Wow. It's actually the language is like they have to offer you a kit at least up to seven days. So like you can come in nine days after and ask for a kit. They just will probably be like, Hey, it bodily fluids hang around Mm -hmm. in certain parts of your body. Like Mm -hmm. you can get semen swabbed from a cervix. There might still be a while injuries that can be photographed mm-hmm. or um if there's bodily fluids like on your clothes mm-hmm. also you're not getting your clothes back if yeah. you give your clothes <laughs> during evidence collection you will not get them back yeah um but if there's like semen on your jeans like that's not going anywhere unless you've washed your jeans but like that still could be there it still could be there so um it's still worth going and part of the hospital visit along with the evidence collection is treatment for Mm -hmm. any STIs. It's introduction to an advocate for follow-up services. It's all free. It's pregnancy prevention options. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like they check over your body and make sure that you're physically okay. Right. And that's good. (laughs) There's lots of reasons to go. It's okay. It's normal. And it's okay. If you've showered, Mm -hmm. the nurse is going to ask you questions like, have you showered? Have you brushed your teeth? Have you smoked a cigarette? Have you thrown up? Have you urinated? Have you had a bowel movement? They're going to ask you these things. It's just so the lab knows kind of what makes the most sense to test Mm because they get such an influx of kits and they're all understaffed and underfunded so they can't test every single swab in every single kit they're going to do what makes sense for them they're also likely going to ask if you've had consensual sex with any person mm-hmm. in the past i think it's like seven days or something like it's that. okay if you have yeah that's that's not any sort of like victim blaming question mm-hmm. that's if you've had consensual sex with a person and they find that dna it's an explanation. Right. Like, and the police can request a buckle swab from that person yeah. to match their DNA to be like, okay, well, this is what this is from. What about this other like third set of DNA that we don't have a match for? Mm-hmm. Um, it's to rule people out. Yep. Um, and it's also okay if you've had consensual sex with the same person who Absolutely. assaulted you. That happens just because mm-hmm. you consent one time doesn't mean you've consented to every sexual interaction that person wants to have with you. Mm-hmm. So, it's okay. Be honest. That could matter later. Yeah. Um, ideally, you're going to be in a situation that's really safe with an advocate and a nurse who are not going to shame you. Mm-hmm. You just got to be honest. Yeah. 
So how do I respond if someone discloses sexual assault to me? So my favorite five (laughs) things to say that I will teach everyone that will listen for the rest of my life are, I'm sorry this happened to you. I believe you. It's not your fault. You're not alone. What do you need? These are all great things to say anytime someone discloses domestic violence, sexual violence, um, anything traumatic, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. The idea is to take the blame away from them, to let them know that their story is real, Mm -hmm. and to just ask them, like, where are you at? at? What Mm -hmm. do you need? So again, the hotline um, for sexual assault survivors, for supporters, and um, what's the word that I'm thinking of? (laughs) The hotline for support is 1-800-656-4673. And that hotline will connect you with a service provider in your area to get more specific answers if, if you need, but also are going to be a good, really supportive listening ear. Thanks so much for listening to us chat about evidence collection. As always, let us know if you have any topic suggestions we can research and get opinionated on. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at overreaction podcast. That's O-V-A-R-Y action podcast. You can comment or DM us there for topic suggestions. You can also like our Facebook at overreaction podcast. And if you like what you heard, subscribe to us wherever you're listening to podcasts right now to get notified whenever we post. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends so we can empower more women to be opinionated on these topics. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.